Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Jason Warren Griffiths. I'm really glad you're here. We got, a, we got an exciting Sunday. We're going to ordain and install our new elders and deacons. There's actually a bunch of leftover food from the memorial service yesterday, so make sure you stick around and eat some of it. Nobody goes home until there's no leftovers, right? Um, we, you also may have noticed that in your um, order of worship in your bulletin, there's a, we're, we're coming up on appreciating the teachers over at Costa Mesa High School, and we need some school supplies. This is what we need brought to and put in those bins. The bins are already out there. Perfect. Make sure you grab some of that throughout the week and then bring it back next Sunday. Next Sunday at 1.30, Joy Coslin's memorial service. Any other things I'm missing? I don't think so. Um, let's make sure at some point you sign in and just let us know you're here because we're glad you're here and we want to let you know that we're glad you're here. And let's stand up and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Please remain standing and face me as I call us to worship. Please stand as I call us to worship. As I call us to worship this morning, I'd like to pause and just take a deep breath together. We're about to sing about this amazing truth that we are gods through Jesus. And with the Holy Spirit, Jesus is ours. Let's worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, singing Blessed Assurance.
How are we this week? Good, good. You want to hold that for me up? Thank you. So I'm going to start us off this morning from the Bible. We're going to read a scripture here from Matthew 14. Um, actually, Matthew 13, 45 through 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he spent away and sold everything he had and bought it. How many of you guys are familiar with the game show Price is Right? Yeah, when I was a kid, long, long ago, sometimes when I was home summer break, I'd watch this show, but it's a game show, and so the, the theme of it is guessing prices, um, and so Everly's holding this toy car here, um, and I just put a ballpark price of how much I think this car probably costs, but nowadays it's probably a lot more than what it's worth. Um, so you will guess how close I'm thinking this car Price is, and I feel like that's how the show worked anyway, too, because sometimes those prices were nowhere where it was. So, um, Clea, how much do you think this car is? A dollar. Twenty dollars. Three dollars. Five. Sixteen. Four. I went with five. Yay, Carter. (laughs) So he would get to run up and play the game, right? (laughs) He gets a car. You get a car. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, audience, too, for your higher or lower. So the car was five, and it's a lot of money for this car. Um, Perhaps you can find a car for less or more. Every day we make the choice about value of things and we ask ourselves how much we are willing to pay for said item. Jesus once told a story about a man who found a treasure with someone um, had hidden in a field. He was so happy that he immediately went and sold everything he had and bought the field so that the treasure would be his. In another story, another man who went in search of fine pearls... When he found a pearl that he thought was the very best, he sold everything he had so that he could buy the pearl. These men both found something that they thought was worth giving everything that they owned so that they could have it. Do you know what this thing is that Jesus is talking about? Any guesses? Love? Well, he wasn't talking about buried treasure or beautiful pearls. He was talking about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is the greatest treasure one could ever desire. It is more precious than silver, gold, jewels, oculus, soccer, uh, video games, Fortnite, YouTube channels. Um, That is why Jesus calls us to give up all that we have and follow him. Is that too great a price? I don't think so. In fact, I would say the price is right. Pray with me. Father, nothing we have can compare to life in the kingdom of heaven. Thank you for this day and be with us now as we go to our studies. I pray this all in your precious name. Amen. Amen and amen. We're going to ordain and install our new elders and deacons. And we're going to try 
this is going to be crazy. So there's a, there's a lot of moving parts, and you know me in moving parts, there's a high probability of failure. Uh, so Sharon, you're going to be at your podium. Are you ready? Go. Okay. Marcy Mansour and Amy Simbala, come on up here. And where's Marcia? There, there she is. Okay, wonderful. And then needing to be ordained, Judy Redman and Karen Almanza down with Sharon. Okay, we're going to ordain the elders, ask all the questions, and then we're going to ordain the new deacons, and then we're going to pray over them, and then it'll be one prayer. I'll pray, and then Sharon will pray. I'm doing this mainly for me. Everybody's kind of glazing over, but I... I and then we're going to install, because there's some that are already ordained, and we're going to install. So then we'll invite those that we're installing up, and I'll do the installation. Sharon will do the installation of the deacons. We'll pray over the ordained and installed, pray over the ordained and installed, and then we can all go home. <laughs> I'm just messing. No, <laughs> somebody, John. <laughs> but the only place I could find it where there's two separate, like you ordain and start, is this old school one. And it starts with, peace of Christ be with you. And you respond with, peace of Christ be with you. Ready? Peace of Christ be with you. Peace of Christ be with you. Beloved in Christ, in apostolic times, there were elders to whom were entrusted the oversight and leadership of the Christian churches. And concerning whom the Paul, Apostle Paul advised that they, they that ruled well should be counted worthy of double honor. Therefore, this church has from the beginning included in its government not only ministers and pastors who are to preach the gospel and administer the sacraments in the name of Christ and as his representatives, but also ruling elders chosen by the, by the people to represent them and to be joined with pastors and ministers in the exercise of government and discipleship in the church. These ruling elders in each congregation together with the pastor constitute the session to which it, it is committed to admit and exclude members and to supervise the worship, provide for the teaching, direct the activities, and promote the spiritual interests of the church. The elders are also to represent the congregation in the presbyteries, synods, and general assemblies. When commissioned thereto, and it is the duty of the elders to set the example, set the example of a godly conduct and character, and to assist the pastor as he or she may desire in ministry to the people. The congregation of the church, having elected Amy and Marcy. In the op to the office of ruling elder, and they having signified their willingness to serve, we do now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, proceed to their ordination. You will now answer the following questions which the Constitution of the Church requires of you. Do you believe in our God, in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and do you confess anew the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, and acknowledge him head over all things, 
to the church, which is his body. If so, say, I do so believe. Do you believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be the word of God, the only infallible rule of faith and practice? If so, say, I do so believe. Do you sincerely receive and adopt the confession of faith and catechism of this, catechisms of this church as containing the system of doctrine taught in the Holy Scriptures? If so, say, I do. Do you approve of the government and discipline of the United Presbyterian Church in the United States of America? If so, say, I do. Do you accept the office of ruling elder in this church and promise faithfully to perform all the duties thereof and to endeavor by the grace of God to adorn the profession of the gospel in your life and to set a worthy example before the church of which God has made you an officer? If so, say, I do. I do. do you promise subjection to your brethren in the Lord? If so, I do. Say, I do. <laughs> do you promise to study the peace, unity, and purity of the church? If so, say, I do. Thank you. You, members of this church, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, acknowledge and receive these persons as ruling elders, and do you believe to yield them all the honor, encouragement, and obedience in the Lord to which their office, according to the word of God and the constitution of this church, entitles them. Please say, we do. We do. A little louder, please. Please say, we do. Okay, perfect. Okay. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unspotted in the world. Beloved in Christ, in the Christian churches of apostolic times, there were deacons whose office was held in honor and who were highly esteemed for their services to the church in company with the elders. From early days, it was a peculiar part of the duties of the office bearers to be the instrument of the church's ministry of compassion. This church, therefore, has recognized the office and work in the deacon as in accord with apostolic practice. In the course of time, new forms of work have been given to this office, and it has grown in value to the church while to it there has always been attached its ancient characters as the representatives of the church purpose to follow Christ in compassion and in ministry and to be bodily present to the needs of all. So today, Karen and Judith, here present, have been chosen in the mode most approved and to use and in use in this congregation to the office of deacon and have signified their willingness to serve. <clears throat> we do therefore in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ now proceed to their ordination. For as much as you have declared your willingness to take this office upon you, I now require you to answer these questions. 
appointed by the church to be put to those who are ordained as deacons. Do you believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And do you confess anew the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, and acknowledge him over all things to the church, which is his body? If so, answer, I do so believe. Do you believe the scripture of the Old and New Testament to be the word of God, the only infallible rule of faith and presence? And again, if you do, I do so believe. I do so believe. Do you sincerely receive and adopt the confessions of faith and catechism of this church as containing the system of doctrine taught in the Holy Scripture? If so, say, I do I do. do you approve of the government and discipline of the United of the Presbyterian Church USA? If so, I do. I do. Do you accept the office of deacon in this church and promise faithfully to perform those duties and to endeavor by the grace of God to adorn the profession of the gospel of in your own life? and to set it a worthy example before the church of which God has made you this office? If so, I do. I do. Do you promise subjection to your brethren in the Lord? I do. I do. Do you promise to study the peace, unity, and purity of the church? I do. I do. And to the congregation, do you, the members of this church, Acknowledge and receive Karen and Judith as deacons. And do you promise to yield them all that honor, encouragement, and obedience in the Lord to which this office, according to the word of God and the constitution of the church, entitles them? And if so, say, I do. We do. Let us pray. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh. So now we're going to pray. I'll pray over the ordained elders. Sharon will pray to okay. over the... No, we've got still an installation service to go, guys. You guys... Just sit here and watch you. Okay. <laughs> if you want to like, do a slow jam right behind that, like right underneath. No, I'm just messing. The installation service is a little shorter. But I, I want to make note of these moments. We don't, we don't make many vows. You know, when you were baptized, when we become members, we just made some vows, which are serious. And I want to charge you, even before we pray over these newly ordained elders and deacons, do your part. When they ask you to help, help. <coughs> Serve one another. Let's go to God in prayer. And actually, and I'm going to invite the Deacons, anybody serving as a deacon, gather around and circle around this crew. Anybody elder, come on up here on stage, and we'll circle and lay hands on these, these elders.
Let us go to God in prayer. And after we say amen at this, Sharon will pray over the deacons. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, set apart these thy servants to the working whereunto they have been called by the voice of the church. And do them plenteously with heavenly wisdom. Grant them thy grace that they may be good men and women, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, ruling in the fear of God. Give them that favor and influence with the people which come from following Christ. So fill them with your spirit that they may lead this congregation in, in your service. Make them faithful unto death and when the chief shepherd shall appear, may they receive a, a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And all God's people said, Amen. We'll continue to pray. O Lord Jesus, who didst come, not to be ministered unto, but to minister, who for our sakes became poor, that we through that poverty may be rich, who didst love the church and give thyself up for it, set apart and consecrate these thy servants to the office of deacon. Give them thine own spirit of compassion for human needs. Inspire them with devotion to the church. Guide and sustain them in all their service until their work on earth is done. And bestow upon them the great rewards of thy heavenly kingdom. Amen. Everybody stay where you are, okay, until I figure out what we're supposed to do next. Here we go. We already have ordained Ruth. Oh, she's joining as a deacon. Um, separate yourselves as Nora Anderson right up here. Where is she? Okay, excellent. And now the three of you, the, ones, the two that are just ordained. Everybody, round of applause. <laughs> kind of step forward. And actually raise your hand just to make sure everybody knows who you are. Good job. And that's Nora. She's joining the crew. And then eld, uh, deacons down there. Ruth, Unetta. Well, we need Ruth. Is Ruth here? Ruth isn't here because she's sick, right? Oh, no, that's Kathy. Kathy's sick. Okay. Is Ruth, Ruth not here? Why is Ruth here? Well, we'll go into that some other day. Okay. We're going to install now. We've ordained. Now we're installing. Halfway there, but it's way quicker, this one. Okay. I've got to find where I'm at. Ordination deacons, perfect. Ordination of elders, perfect. Installation. Here you go. Beloved in Christ, having already been solemnly ordained to the office of ruling elder, do you now pres present yourselves in the response to the voice of this congregation to be installed again for the discharge of the active duties of your office. You will therefore now give answer to the following questions. Do you accept the, the office of ruling elder in this congregation and promise faithfully to perform all the duties thereof? Please say, I do. I do. Do you promise to study the peace, unity, and purity of the church? Please say, I do. I do. Do you, the members of this church, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, acknowledge and receive these persons as ruling elders 
And do you promise to yield them all that honor, encouragement, and obedience in the Lord to which their office, according to the word of God and the constitution of the church, entitles them? Please say, we do. We do. The congregation of the church, in the mode most approved and in use in this congregation, has elected Judith, Karen, and Unetta to the office of deacon, and they, having signified their willingness to serve, we do now, in the name of the Lord Jesus, proceed to their installation. Beloved in Christ, having already been solemnly ordained to the office of deacon, you do now present yourselves in response to the voice of this congregation to be installed again for the discharge of the active duties of your office. You will therefore now give answer to these questions. Do you accept the office of deacon by this congregation and promise faithfully to perform all the duties thereof? If so, I do. I do. Do you promise to study the peace, unity, and purity of the church? And again, I do. I do. Do you, the members of this church, acknowledge and receive these persons as deacons? And do you promise to yield to them all that honor, encouragement, and obedience to the Lord, to which their office, according to the word of God and the constitution of this church, entitles them? And if so, say, we do. We do. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the great head of the church, I do now declare you to be inducted into the ruling office elder in this congregation. And I'm going to even step on Sharon's toes a little bit. I install you as deacons. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you always. I charge you. I charge you also, members of this church, to be faithful be faithful to God and to this local body. That you might follow Christ and follow him completely. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all give a round of applause and hug somebody. Today's theme is going to be on grace, so we're going to sing a little bit about grace and travel through what that means today in various forms. Let's worship together.
God judges the nations with righteousness and answers the poor with justice. Trusting in God's grace, let us now in unison confess our sin. Eternal God, our judge and redeemer, we confess that we have tried to hide from you. For we have done wrong, we have lived for ourselves and apart from you. We have turned from our neighbors and refused to bear the burdens of others. We have ignored the pain of the world and passed by the hungry, the poor, and the oppressed. In your great mercy, forgive our sins, free us from selfishness, that we may choose your will and obey your commandments through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The mercy of the Lord is like the rain that showers the water on the earth. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Stand.
We're in a series on John chapter 1, except next week we're going to take a break and have a unity service. Uh, Pastor Hector from our, our, our brothers and sisters who share this building as their worship space on Saturdays, Hector's going to be preaching in honor of Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. Um, so make sure you show up and uh, it's going to be a little different. But right now we're in John, and if you were here last week, you're, you got a little a leg up. You're, you got a heads up. Gospel of John is one of, it's, it's the last gospel to be written. There's the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then you have John. He's an older man when he writes it. And it's totally, utterly different in most ways than the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it's beautiful. And he starts with theology. And he starts with how... God wrapped himself in, in flesh. And last week we learned that with Jesus, we, we, we see a, a second genesis. And so I wanted us to give us that, that background before we got to our text. We're John chapter 1, verses 9, no, 10 through 18. He was in the world... And the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus the Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'll hit the fast forward button because we we're, we're running a little long, but there's a lot right here. There's a lot right here. I I, I love this kind of stuff because there's a lot of times as a pastor you're like, man, am I going to have enough to say? When you look at that text, buckle in. I can speak. I, you know, there's so many truths that this gospel writer John has put so plainly. And so beautifully in this text. First, the first couple verses. The word, he still hasn't named Jesus. The word was there in the creation. And the word, the creation did not recognize the word. Didn't accept him, didn't listen to him. And those two verses is one of the biggest injustices ever. 
Anybody who's a parent can link really easily with this. <laughs> Relate. Do you follow? Have, have anybody a parent? Anybody spoken to their, their, their creation, their child, and their child has said something that just is what I brought you into this world, I can take you out. Is there, is there anybody who has had that thought? That's, 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 that's empowering because we all know what it feels like, but we all know the horror and the injustice of that. Think of that on an infinite scale. Francis Chan, he, he does this illustration. He builds this little Gumby, and he says, what if I were building this Gumby? Like, and he builds this little guy out of, do you remember Gumby? He builds this little guy out of clay, and he puts him on the, this music stand, and he has him right there, and he's talking about it, and he breathes life into it, and the, then the Gumby starts walking around and talking, and then the Gumby says, I don't need you anymore, and just walks away. What would you do? And then he takes his Bible and goes, <laughs> that's what I would do. If I, if I made something and ignored me, I would be furious. Jesus came into this world, and we did not know him. Let that settle in for a second. And don't think that you're better than our forefathers. We would have ignored him too. Look in the mirror. We're selfish. That's just the first two verses. He comes in with 12 and 13, and he says he's... he's he, this word has given his followers the power, the dunamis, the dynamite power of becoming children of God. What does that mean? What does it mean to be a child of the omnipotent, omnipresent powerful Alpha and Omega God. And do you know Jesus? Because if you know Jesus, he's talking to you. Are you living like you are a child of God? Like God's your father and your mother? You're representing him in name? Notice, he doesn't want to just change us a little bit. He changes our identity. Not born of flesh, not born of blood, born of God. He doesn't want to just tweak us a little bit. He wants to make us into new creations. Dietrich Bonhoeffer puts it, when Jesus calls you, he says, he's bidding you, come and die and rise again anew. Say goodbye to the old self. Meet the whole new person. Then 14. And there's a verse in this. Um, in verse 1, 
We were told that the word of God, second Genesis of last week, we were told about that. You remember? Let there be light. Those words were Jesus. Now we are told that this word has become flesh and made his home among us. The Greek verb skeno used here echoes the Hebrew word shekinah, which is the term used for God's presence. Eugene Peterson translated, God moved into our neighborhoods. The presence of God moved into our neighborhoods. No longer we have to go to a place. He, he's here. He's there. This is also a hint. John's about to blow our minds yet again. <laughs> There's something in these last verses that I'm about to mention. Because he, he uses those key phrases. Because he was a Jewish person. And then he converted to follow Jesus. So everybody heard that. Anybody with a Jewish background, a Hebrew background, would hear that. The Shekinah, the Shekinah presence of God. I'll get to that in a second. Here's hint number two in verse 15. John the Baptist. All of the Old Testament summed up in this little guy. He just says, oh, and by the way, this guy came. I was talking about him who was that was going to come that is greater than I. Did you notice I had trouble reading that? Because that's really confusing, <laughs> right? There's a hymn out there. It says, David's son, yet David's. You guys need to study your hymnals. What do you, David's son, yet David's. Lord, come on, people. <laughs> He's David's son, yet David's Lord. What does that mean? How does David, King David, the guy who, how does he have somebody over him? Because he's in the line of David, but he's the Messiah to all. John the Baptist is in that line. He's in that line of prophets, and he's saying, I show up, and I, I'm going to be pointing to the guy. And the guy is this guy, the word that we're talking about. And then 16 through 18. This is where the mind blow happens. Boom. Is everybody awake still? Good. We're going long, but pretend you're a Puritan. Okay? Remember they used to do the like eight-hour services. Okay. I won't make it eight hours. Grace. Grace upon grace. First, I like to recognize grace. What does grace mean? Grace means unmerited favor. I like to tell this story because I love donuts. You're driving down the Fairview. You're going 60. You get pulled over. The cop pulls you over. You say, hey, can you uh, let it slide because I'm on my way to church? The guy says, yeah, you can go. That's forgiveness. The cop says, yeah, you can go and hand you a donut. That's grace. <laughs> it's gifts on top of forgiveness. 
It's more than. And John, the author of this gospel, says, grace upon grace. What does that mean? I was walking with my wife the other day, looking at the beautiful Pacific Ocean. And once again, she's smarter than me and gives me the unlocking question to this text. She says, I wonder, I wonder what the Hebrew word for grace is. Greek word is charis. Probably people, that's really become a popular name. Anybody know any girls named Charis? Charis? Same thing. Sorry, some people are from Texas, some people aren't. (laughs) Charis, Charis. That's grace in Greek. It's spelled with an X. So I used to have a group called Charis, but I spelled it in the Greek, and the the high schoolers would always say Zappas. <laughs> I don't know, it's not an X, but anyway. That's the Hebrew. The Hebrew word is chen. I love that guttural. Echad, that means one. Chen means grace or favor. Everybody practice. Chen. Do you like that? <laughs> I wish we could do that more in English. I would just like to do that to people. <laughs> Anyway, chen. (laughs) Discovering that, the first five verses of John chapter 1 are midrash. I said that last week, right? A midrash is simply an exposition or an explanation of a text. And John opens this gospel John chapter 1, with five verses that are a midrash or an explanation of Genesis chapter 1. He reinserts and he, and, he, and he explains how Jesus was there right at the beginning and was part of the creation of the world. This points us to a truth that these last couple verses are a midrash of Exodus chapter 33, starting verse 17. And I'm going to read it. Everybody pay attention. And if you have a Bible and you want to read it too, Exodus 33, I'm going to start with 17. Now, if I have found favor, if I have found grace in your sight, this is Moses, and he's talking to God. And he says, if I have found favor or grace in your, in your, in your sight, Show me your ways so that I may now may know you and find favor or grace in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. He said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest, shalom, wholeness. And he said to him, if your presence will not go, do not carry us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found grace or favor in your sight? And your people, unless you go with us. In this way, we shall be distinct, I and your people, from every people on the face of the earth. The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you asked, for you have found grace or favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, show me your glory. Show me your, your presence. Show me your Shekinah. 
Show me your glory, I pray. And he said, I will make all of my goodness pass before you and will proclaim you before you in the name of the Lord. Moses is talking and he's talking on behalf of his people. And he says, God, give me grace. Give me favor. Show up. Show me yourself. And God says, absolutely. And then it makes Moses hungry for more. And he says, no, seriously, show me your glory. Show me your presence. Shekinah, bring, come here. And God says in back, back, I'm not, he doesn't say this. It's in between the lines, but there's a day coming where I will come. But for now, I'm just going to show you, I'm going to walk past you. I'm going to walk past you. And by the way, you can't take it. You got to turn your back because if you looked at me, your head would explode. You'd be, you'd be, you are so unholy and I am so holy. Fast forward back to John, right at the end of this section of scripture that we're talking about. John says, grace upon grace, you have found favor. You not only get to see the glory of God, you get to be friends with him. He's moved into your neighborhood. He's wrapped flesh around himself. He's walked and lived, breathed, and died just like everyone to your right and to your left. What does grace upon grace mean? We're given God as a model. We're given God wrapped in clothes of flesh like you and I so that we might know how to live as we were designed to live. We not only get to witness the glory of Christ or glory of God through Christ, we get to become it. We become brothers and sisters. Applications. That Shekinah, that glory of God. Where do you see it? Where do you see it? Where do you find it? Do you find it in your, your children's eyes, your grandchildren's eyes? I just locked eyes with Keith. Every time on Tuesday mornings, he talks about a half an hour about his grandchild. <laughs> and I never get tired of it because he lights up. Bob Dylan, huge fan. You better remember that. He's got this song, poem. Actually, it's a poem. It's a, he just reads it the end of one of his albums. It's a poem to Woody Guthrie. And he ends it with, you may look for it in the church of your choice. You may look for it in the Grand Canyon. You may even look for it in the state hospital of Brooklyn, New York, which is where Woody Guthrie went to meet with the Lord. Bob Dylan says, I believe it's in all three. And I believe God's that big. gospel writer of John 
is saying, find where you see the glory of God. Bask in it. Rest in it. And know through, through Jesus Christ, your friends, your friends with the glory of God, which is found in Christ, and your friends with one another. This is yet another message about how is the world supposed to know that we follow Jesus? Jesus says it over and over. Paul says it over and over. And John is just ending this section with it. Look to your right and look to your left. And if you don't know them, you're not doing your job. You're not witnessing to the world. We need to love each other more than everybody else yesterday. We're family. We're family. Turn to your, look at the person to your right, your left. Study that person for a second. You're related to that person. That may blow your mind because some of you are listening to, or sitting next to people. I don't know. <laughs> that messes with your head a little bit if you think about it. But Awesome. Somebody's calling. It's time to end the sermon. <laughs> if that's pizza, I'll have two large. No, I'm just kidding. Get lost in the glory of God. Know that it's friend. Know that, that you're related. Get lost in one another. I know there's some people in this room that are probably, this is family, like I said. We've crossed each other wrong. This is the week to straighten all that stuff out. This is the week to make a dent in, in the way that we witness to the world that we serve in. It starts with right here, right now, loving one another as who we are. The person to your right, the person to your left, grace upon grace God sent his absolute best, his one and only son, for that person and for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, help us to bask in your glory. Help us to worship you. Help us to get lost in the truth that we are your children. We define ourselves with so many other things Please forgive us. Wash all those other definitions we have of ourselves away from us. May we be your family. May we start afresh anew today. And all God's people said.
Now it's the part in the service where we give back. God has so covered us in, in so many graces and so many mercies and so many blessings. We simply say thank you um, by giving our tithes and our offerings. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received.
seated. From Romans 12, Paul reminds us, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Let us pray. Sovereign and holy Lord, we worship and adore you. We set our eyes on you. For if you are with us, who can be against us? Remind us of our place in your kingdom while we still have a place and a purpose in this world. We pray, Lord, for a world in desperate need of you. We pray for the people of Puerto Rico in the wake of the multiple earthquakes this week. Father, we pray for your hand of safety on the citizens and for aid to come quickly and get to where it is most needed. We continue praying for the people of Australia, those affected by the massive wildfires. We pray, too, for their safety and protection, and for all the firefighters working tirelessly to quench the flames. Thank you, Father, for the many firefighters coming from around the world to help. Keep them all safe from harm and bring an end to the spreading blazes. Lord, we pray for your hand of peace on our world, particularly on the escalating tensions with Iran. We pray for your wisdom, for our president, and for all world leaders involved. We pray for the men and women of the armed forces deployed this week to that region. Keep them safe and bring every one of them home again in due time. Lord God, we pray for our country. For the ongoing impeachment proceedings, we pray for your wisdom and discernment for our leaders. For the severe weather affecting so many, those in the Midwest and the East and now those in the South, we pray for your protection and your provision. And for those here in our midst, we pray for you, Lord. More of you, Jesus. Let that be our prayer for this new year. Draw us closer, Lord Jesus. Keep our eyes focused on you. Teach us to love as you do, to hate what is evil, to cling to what is good, to be devoted to one another, to honor each other, to keep our spiritual fervor, to serve you with all we have, to be joyful in hope, to be patient in affliction, and always to be faithful in prayer. And we continue in prayer, praying as you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we continue with our worship, 
Please stand and join our hearts and voices in song. Once again, I'd like to thank you for joining us for worship. Uh, make sure you don't, you don't leave before we eat all the food that's in there. Sorry about that. Amen. Amen. Good job, Johnny. And then also, 31st, teacher appreciation. We're going to be having that early morning breakfast to appreciating Costa Mesa High School teachers. Make sure you go get some of the stuff on that list and bring it back next Sunday. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.